Welcome to Axios Pro Rata, a podcast that takes just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. I'm Dan Primack. On today's show, the latest in Trump versus Amazon and the giant software IPO that was supposed to happen this week, but now won't. But first, it's Veterans Day. And the mantra of never forget has begun to take on some tragic new meaning for those who came home from the battlefield, but then succumbed to mental health issues at home. Now, veteran suicide is a very tough thing to talk about or to listen about, but it has become epidemic. According to the most recent VA report, there were more than 6,000 veteran suicides each year between 2008 and 2016, with the rate climbing nearly 26% during that time period. There was a slight decrease between 2015 and 2016, which is the last year there's public data for, but in that same period, there was a spike, a big one, in prevalence among veterans between 18 and 34 years of age. Equally troubling? Veterans are more likely to attempt suicide with a firearm than are non-veterans, and that's generally considered to be the most lethal technique. The question, therefore, and it's one you hear from politicians a lot, is what to do, particularly as we appear no closer to ending our now 17-year war in Afghanistan, let alone lengthy deployments in other hotspots. So for answers, we're going to turn to a very special guest, my wife, actually, Jennifer Primack, a research psychologist at the Providence VA Medical Center, where she focuses on veteran suicide and is a member of the Consortium for Research Innovation and Suicide Prevention. We talk to her in 15 seconds. But first, this. There is more news out there than ever before, but these days, it's harder than ever to find it and to know what to trust. Axios AM takes the effort out of getting smart by synthesizing the 10 stories that will drive the day and telling you why they matter. Subscribe at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the Pro Rata Podcast. We're joined now by Jennifer Primack, a research psychologist at the Providence VA Medical Center focused on veteran suicide. So, Jen, suicide is obviously a, a big problem in America for veterans and non-veterans. But why do the rates specifically seem to be rising among veterans? It's a pretty complicated question that we don't really know the answer for right now. It's probably a combination of the screening, past history and mental health issues before they come into the military. Certainly deployment has a lot to do with it in terms of the amount of trauma exposure that these guys and women face. But it's a complicated problem that, bottom line, we don't really know yet why the, the rates are increasing so much. You mentioned guys and women, and, and I know prior to this, you'd done a lot of your personal research had been focused on men and why, in particular, they're often reluctant to seek help for various mental health issues. Is the gender imbalance in part driving, not the epidemic, but the increased rate of suicide among veterans compared to non-veterans? Or are we also seeing this rise among women veterans? Well, in general, in the United States, it, rates are increasing, and that's true in veteran populations, too. In fact, since 2001, rates started to exceed the civilian populations. It's not that, that women are driving it, but women are certainly one of the largest growing groups in terms of actual completed suicide. And part of that is because women, veterans, tend to use more lethal means like firearms. So I was in the coffee shop this morning and mentioned to the guy making my coffee that I was going to have you on discussing this. And, and he asked me, and so I'm going to ask you, for people who have family members or friends who are veterans, are there obvious warning signs or things they should be actively looking for? There are a number of things. Warning signs could be in talking about death or suicide. Most veterans do disclose that to someone when they're thinking about it. Folks with a past history of any kind of mental health or suicide behavior, you want to be looking for warning signs there, increase in alcohol or substance use, change in behavior patterns, increased depression. Sleep is also another big one that you want to look for, increased problems with sleep, those kind of things. So if I'm a family member or friend and, and I see some of those warning signs, 
what can I do? I mean, is it is the smartest thing to and confront is the wrong word, but do you bring it up directly with the person? Do you call a hotline? What should you as that friend or that family member, what's your best course of action? I think being direct and approaching the person and talking about it is the best thing to do. There are hotlines that family members can call or they can go on. If it's a veteran, they can go onto the VA website and there are a lot of resources for military families. But I think the first thing is asking the person about thoughts of death or suicide. President Trump has talked a lot about increasing funding for studying both PTSD, but but veteran suicide issues. You're on the ground at a VA hospital dealing with this. Are you seeing, are your colleagues seeing increased resources? Is there indeed kind of a, a real federal response to this? There's certainly an increase in fund. I'm not sure what necessarily in funding, but there's an increase in a focus on wanting to fund suicide research. So the, the pot of money that we have now, a lot of that is going towards suicide prevention work. Um, so there's definitely that increase. And that's true of NIH too. So it's not just in, in veterans, but in, in the VA, but it's it's been an increased focus. If you were in charge of everything, whether that be the purse strings or the policy strings, what do you think should happen? What do you want to see get done? I think we need to be more innovative in how we approach suicide. Uh, one of the problems of assessing and treating suicide behavior is it's so unpredictable. So even someone who's saying that they are thinking about it doesn't necessarily go ahead with it. So we need to think about what do we do when someone's not in a therapy session in between those times? How do we capture that moment of risk? And that's where I think we need to be going. What you're currently working on, we talk a lot on this podcast about kind of the intersection of business and, and technology and technology and politics. What you're working on currently is an app, right? It's a mobile app app to help reduce veteran suicide. How is an app going to do that? Like I mentioned, I think that we need to be thinking about different ways to assess uh, suicide. Typically, when someone comes in for treatment, they're in there once a week or once every other week. They might be doing fine in that session, and then something happens over the course of that week, whereas, uh, you know, they're having increased thoughts and urges to act on those things. So the smartphone app, the idea is to take it out of the therapy session to also be available to folks who are not in treatment. So it addresses the stigma piece, but we're trying to really assess in the moment risk of suicide. And then when that's detected, we intervene and um, provide treatment through the app. From your perspective, is there a reason for optimism right now when you think of your research and the research that peers are doing around the country? I think so, yes. I mean, we have a long way to go. There's a lot we don't know about suicide. It's a very hard thing to study. But a lot of the new research there's out of Harvard and Florida State University and at Brown, where I am too, we're doing a lot of work with technology, different types of methodology and different ways of looking at suicide and also multi disciplinary research. So I think that's really, it's promising. Jennifer, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. My final two right after this. Axios gives you the news and analysis you need to get smarter faster on the most important topics. In our unique smart brevity format, we cover topics from politics to science and media to tech. Subscribe to get smarter faster at signup.axios.com. And now back to the ProRata podcast. Now it's time for my final two. And first up is a promise by House Democrats to investigate President Trump's possible efforts to punish Amazon. So here's incoming House Intelligence Chair Adam Schiff appearing on the most recent episode of Axios on HBO. We learned a few months ago that the president was secretly meeting with the postmaster in an effort to browbeat the postmaster into raising postal rates on Amazon. Now, of course, the president doesn't care anything about postal rates. This appears to be an effort by the president to use the instruments of state power to punish Jeff Bezos and The Washington Post. 
The bottom line here, President Trump has tweeted a lot about particular companies, often insulting them or threatening them. But now, with a Democratic House, we might begin to learn how much of that was idle bullying and how much had some actual teeth behind it. And finally, German software giant SAP last night announced that it will purchase Qualtrics, a Utah-based maker of survey software, for around $8 billion. Why it matters is that Qualtrics was expected to go public this week, possibly raising around $400 million bucks, and this deal is the largest ever purchase of a VC-backed enterprise software company, even if that company is 16 years old, which is older than most startups, and also profitable, which again is an anomaly. As for why this deal makes sense, SAP has tons of so-called user operations data because it touches so many of our online transactions. Qualtrics, on the other hand, has user experience data, how we felt about those transactions. Merging the two, in the words of SAP CEO Bill McDermott, could be as transformative for SAP as buying Instagram was for Facebook. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Adam Gracia and Tim Shovers, have a great National Veterans Day and a great National French Dip Day. They are the same this year. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata Podcast.